Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. Kicking off another uh, Maharal. We currently we're doing the Maharal in the morning. We're going through the Maharal and Hanukkah near Mitzvah. Coming to you live from the Summerton Community Curl of Summerton, Philadelphia. And we are on page Yod Aleph, right hand column of near Mitzvah. The Maharal's work on Hanukkah. Maharal has now been going through one by one the specifics and the significance of each of the four beasts and how they how they uh, tie in with the four empires and the four exiles and what each of them stands for. So the first one was Babel. Babel, Galdus Babel, that's represented by Nebuchadnezzar. The second one is Parasumadai. That empire represented, of course, by Achashverosh. The third is Yavan, that's the Greek empire, represented by Antiochus and his crew that came and invaded the base of Mikdash. The fourth empire, that is Edom, and each of them, the Maral is telling us, represents a different element of the structure of, of the human structure of a person. And what were the four elements within the structure, the hierarchy of a person? So he told us that there is a, what he called, the terms he used was were the Guf, Nefesh, and Seichel, and then the Koyal, the fourth, um, all-encompassing, the, the fourth element that puts everything together. The uh, guf is, is the lowermost part of us, or the lower, lowermost part of ourselves, our physical drives, that's what, which is we have in common with the animal world, self self preservation and and um, and uh, survival and propagation, etc. There is the nefesh, which is the middle region, which others farm refer to as the ruach. That is primarily where my decisions are made. That's the, where I balance. The, the lower and the upper parts of myself that's where um, my my uh, character traits my emotions are triggered over there are activated my feelings my feelings and emotions and then on the highest level is my seichel my intellect my wisdom my drive my willpower and that is the highest part of my functioning those are the three aspects and then the fourth idea is is, is, is assembling and, and harmonizing, synthesizing all these correctly. So what we had so far, Nebuchadnezzar is the Reish, the head of the statue, uh, Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar. And the head, though, that we, we may think that that represents the Seichel, based on the structure that the Maral gave us, the Maral says, no, the head represents where most of my decisions are made. The decisions generally are not made with my head. My head is telling me which decisions to make. My head is, is telling me what I should do, but generally our, our decisions are made where we have that middle part that balances the head and the body, the feelings, the emotions, the, 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 the nefesh part of ourselves. Again, what the others form refer to as the ruach, where my midos lie, that's bider klal, where the decisions are made, that's where the bechira lies. So, Nebuchadnezzar, who represents the command center, the decision-making part of us, that is actually corresponding to the nefesh, the middle aspect of the hierarchy, which is where the bechira, the struggles, the decisions are made. That's Nebuchadnezzar. The next part, so the Nebuchadnezzar is the gallus of the nefesh. We could call it now. Okay, so toyu, toyu, which is the lashon the Chazal use in that pasuk. Toyu is the gallus of the nefesh. Toyu is when. Nefesh is unable to do what it does properly, and Nebuchadnezzar and his empire replaces our Nefesh with his, his Nefesh. That was last time, recap of last time. Now we're ready to move on to the next Gaulus, that's Parasumadai, the Persian Median Empire and Exile, Achashverosh, 
and what that represents in terms of these the, the, the system of the three capacities we have plus the fourth. So what's that? We are the right-hand column, page with Aleph towards the bottom over here, and Maral continues and he says like this. The second empire of the four is the Median and the Persian one. That corresponds to the lowest lowest aspect of our functioning, lowest aspect of our existence, the physical existence. Our physical drives, the self-preservation, survival, our drive for, for food, for shelter, for for um, procreation, all the physical drives, the physical components of a person, the physical pulls, that is, that is um, linked to the Second Empire. The Second Empire stands for that Second Empire. Again, all the four empires and the four exiles represent flaws and imperfections and defects in the system. And so Parasamadai is a flaw in, in, in the realm of the goof of a person, and the physicality of a person. Let's see. The Mara is now going to show us a lot of beautiful insights and connections that will that will be made now with with this clarity. The guf is always on the receiving end. The guf is always needy. The guf always has to be taken care of. Guf is inherently flawed, and this is what the second malchu stands for. What the second empire uh, embodies again in a flawed sense. That's why Daniel. What does he see? What's the vision that he sees? What what form does the second piece take? The second piece, which is the Malchus of Parasamada, takes the form of a bear. A bear. Why a bear? So, Maral quotes a Gemara. Remember, the first one is a line, the second one is a bear. Nebuchadnezzar is a line. That, that's the the leader. That's the, the, the nefesh part of us that, that leads us, that makes our decisions. Now we have a bear. So the bear is going to be representative of the second empire of Parasamada, and Va'amru Kaperka Asar Yuchsin the Gemara in Kedushin says Va'aru Cheva Achrei Tenyana Dami Ladoiv. Quoting the pasuk again, Daniel, where Daniel sees the second creature that represents Parasamadai appears in the form of a bear. Tanu of Yosef Elu Parasayim. These are the Persians. The Persians of the Persian Empire. Shaichlin V'Shaisin Kedoiv. They they drink like bears. They're just thinking food. Umusurvalin Kedoiv. They're they're covered in layers of fat like a bear. Umagadlin Seir Kedoiv. They're hairy like bears. Okay, well, remember we had Persians in the yeshiva with us, right? Persian Jews, and they were indeed, they, they, they had a little bit more hair than the, 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 the Ashkenazi brethren. So the Gemara says, but the, here the Gemara is not talking about Jewish Persians. The Gemara is talking about Persian Persians. It says the Gemara, Persians, the Persian Empire, they're like bears in what way? They're, they're all embodiments we see clearly. That's the point that Myrals bring up in this Gemara, embodiments of physicality, the physicality incarnate. They eat and they drink like bears, Covered in layers of fat like a bear. It's again physicality. They grow hair like bears. This is the physical again. You see them. They're, 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 they, they are quite noticeable, quite present in the realm of physicality. They don't have any rest like a bear. Bears are always, we're not talking about when bears hibernate. When bears aren't hibernating, they're always wandering around, wandering, looking for food, or looking for food. Pirish, shame of action, Tamad Livloya. Bears are always looking to eat. Anyone ever gone camping out over here? No. Neither have I. I'm not a big camping person, but Arthur, you've gone camping? So what do you when when you go what's the number one rule of camping out? Put the food in the tree. In the tree. Out of reach of the bears. 
And when you leave, what do you do, what do, you do with your garbage? You take it with you, or you put it in one of those hermetically sealed garbage cans. You can't let the bears smell the garbage, right? You carve, you, you either put it in, in the bears, if, they, if there's food to be found, they find it. The food's to be gotten, they get it. Bears always looking, to, they'll, they'll consume anything you leave out, and they'll, they'll get to it. Kachumi does some, that's bears. That's a bear for you. Um, regarding the Persian Median Empire in Megillus Esther, it says in the conclusion of Megillus Esther, the concluding psukim of Megillus Esther is like a puzzling, like the final few psukim or the final parak talks about how Achashverosh imposed a tax on, on the countryside, right? Everyone knows the story of Esther and everyone has seen Megillus Esther. Everyone's going to excuse me if I move over a few inches over here because the sun is shining straight in my face from the windows. Usually don't get that this time of year, but um, it's a nice sunny day out. So, so big, day. it's a very special day, yes. Yeah, it's a good sign. It's a good sign, I guess, but I still don't want it right in my face. Um, so, so, um, Megillus Esther concludes after the drama and the, and, and, and the, and the, the triumphant conclusion, so the, like the last parak is just a handful of psukim long, and it starts off, the 10th parak starts off by saying, so Achshresh imposed a tax on, on the land and the islands. Why, why, why does Megillah need us to know this? Why, why, why do we need to know that he, start, he put a tax on everybody? It's coming to define who Achshresh was, what Achshresh stands for, what his empire stands for. He is perpetually lacking, missing, needy. He's always looking for more. He's looking to gobble things up. He's looking for more money, more revenue, more taxes. Okay, this is this is Achashverosh. This is the bear. This is the goof. The goof is perpetually needy, and it's always directing us to fill its needs. Why does the Megillah conclude with this? Because the Megillah is, in a certain sense, all about Kleisel being plunged into the gullus of the empire of Parasamadai. That's really what Megillah's Esther is there to capture. So it ends by characterizing the gullus that we were in, that we remained in that gullus, right? The Megillah begins with the gullus, it ends with the gullus. It's about how Kleisel survived, how we had Siyadishmai during that gullus, but we're still in that gullus, unfortunately, when the Megillah concludes. We're still in the middle of gullus because Achashverish, you know, um, Says several times throughout the Megillah, right? You ask me, and I'll give you everything except for the base Hamikdash. And he concludes it with this in the same position. We 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 are still in very much in Gaulus. and this is the Megillah says it's about Hashem. Even when Hashem is hidden, even in Gaulus, Hashem sends us in Hester, Astir, Hester, Astir in a time of hidden, hidden, hidden Hanhaga, uh, hidden conduct. Hashem still um, gives us salvation. But we, we end in Gaulus, we end still very much in the throes and under the in, in the the um, subjugation of Paras and, and that's why the Megillah ends with this to characterize again what this Gaulus is all about, the Kayach of Achashverosh. It's an amazing insight. That's why we end with Achashverosh imposing this text, because again, he's this needy bear. He found money, he's gobbling up the money. Yes. Um, yeah, so I'll we'll put this on tape. Lior just asked a very good question. You want to know if the three... Gullius over here, if the Maral is going to tell us that they parallel the three cardinal sins. So the Maral here does not make that connection, but that connection is made elsewhere. And the, the, the connection is um, Bavel is about Avedah Zara. Bavel begins with Nebuchadnezzar. What does Nebuchadnezzar do to all the Jews in Bavel? He creates, makes this big Avedah Zara, he gets everyone to bow down to it. He tried getting um, Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah to bow down to it. 
So bubbles avodazara. Um, that's that's Arayas, that we have the promiscuity in the court of Achashverosh, um, the licentiousness that was rampant over there, and and Adam is all the long gullas, bitter gullas that we're in right now. Adam, which is combined with Yishmael, with the you know the the, 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 the father-in-law and the son-in-law, um, is about Shvichas Damim. That's the gullas of bloodshed. Okay, but that's a little bit of it's a nice idea. This is let's return to. Um, Let's return to the the Maral's, uh discussion over here. So he's telling us that that um, Parzamada is about the gullus of the of the, the empire that that brings flaws in, in the in the realm of the physicality. Um, and this is the characterization of of Bavel, of Parzamada is what they stand for. This is the comparison, the allegorical comparison to the bear. Um, yeah. And again, you, you see the, the whole description of the Gilas Esther, right? It, it, it ties in very much with this. It's all the decadence that goes in, in the court of Achashverosh, the, the, like just the opening parak, the opening psukim, go into such detail about, about how lavish his feast was and the details that went into his palace. That's all physicality, that's all indulgence, that's all decadence. That's the bear, that's the, 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 the empire and the exile of Parasamodai thrusting Klaus onto a goddess of the Guth. Um, yeah, Daniel again a quote from the Pasuk and Daniel that he when he saw this creature, this bear arise from the sea, he heard voices that were telling the bear, Arise and, and go eat copious amounts of, of meat. Go eat, go eat. That's what they tell the bear. Um, um, the Gemara Darshan says, "Why is Achashverosh called Achashverosh? Everyone became impoverished, became poor in his days." He takes advantage of everyone else to fill his appetite. So Haman psychologically figured out Achashverosh. Haman wants to kill all the Yidden, so Haman knows how to get to Achashverosh. Give him, give him what he wants. Give him lots of money. Exactly, that's right. And give him what he wants. And and then you'll you'll get whatever you want from Achashverosh. Shiratza gamken shimkor lo yisrael ba'ad kasef shazo inikoyach Achashverosh. Because Achashverosh is always looking to gabble, he's always looking to amass, he's always looking to accrue. That's the physical, just getting physically, putting on layers and layers and layers of blubber. That's what Achashverosh wants. Ubeze yechashon boilays yisrael. And Haman knew if he could exploit that, he can also have Achashverosh gobble up Kla Yisrael. We want to get Achashverosh to gobble up Kla Yisrael as well. Gobble them up. Achashverosh is always looking to consume. It's again the the, 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 the when you embody the physicality, the, the body is always inherently needy. A body is, is, is something that's needy. If, if, I, if I am an embodiment, if I'm an embodiment of the body, then I'm always that's the bear. I'm always needy. I'm always lacking. I always have this drive. Whether I sense I'm always needy on a level of eating, on a level of sleeping, on a level of of uh, all the physical needs and drives, the body is inherently needy. It requires the mind to tell the body, no, you're not so needy. You're not as needy as you think you are. Um, it's incredible. The body, when you look at the body on its own, the body is one of the neediest things out there. There's a, a, a let, Let's take this deep inside into the morale as deep as we can take it. Something as pure physicality is the mo- the neediest thing that we know of. Uh, think about it, Rabbi Isai. How long can we go without putting food in our system um, and still function. 
is scary. How long can you go without having a good meal and still function properly? How long does it take to get hungry? Yeah, isn't it an hour? An hour? <laughs> you're, you're good. You're good exactly. It's a pellet. You think Akash Baruch gave us this physicality, a physical body which we inhabited for 120 years, and you have to constantly be shoveling food into it. How long can we go without hydration? Not very long. Not very long. Oxygen. How long can we have EMTs over here? It's a scary thing. The human body constantly has to be oxygenated. Constantly. You turn the oxygen levels down, uh, someone is deprived of oxygen for a minute or two, there are irreversible consequences, right? Yeah. Irreversible. Brain, brain damage. It's, it's, it's crazy, but you see how, it's not how weak the body is, but how needy the body is. Koshbarka created a body that is inherently something that's quite needy. Needy in terms of constant maintenance, oxygen, hydration, fuel. The soul is different. So the soul... You know, the soul gets hungry as well. The soul starves. We can starve our soul. The soul, the soul will wither. You know, we don't give it Torah. We don't give it Tefillah. We don't give it what it needs. It will wither and be diminished, but but it's still there. The soul has a lot more staying power. Yeah. And, and um, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Persistence. Persistence, vitality, I don't know. Durability. Durability. Much more than the, than the body. The body is a a, 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 a a embodiment of something which is extremely needy. And when I put all that into a, a, an empire, and I distill that neediness of the physical neediness into an empire. That's Achashverosh. That's the bear. That's the Achashverosh constantly needs and needs and needs and needs and needs. And that's what all, all Megillus Esther is about. That's why Megillus Esther concludes with this note. There's no balance over there. There's no balance. It's, it's all about needs. neediness. Um, and filling those needs again, that's Haman was able to exploit that. So then that's the gullus, the empire, the flaw that, that Ahasuerus brings in. And that's, you know, again, we, the Paras Amade, the Persian Median Empire, are not around anymore. But as we mentioned last week, their legacy is around. So when a person is, is in a personal gullus of the Guf, the personal gullus of Paras Amade, it means a person has, is battling with his needs and can't overcome his physical needs, can't provide that balance to his physical drives and needs, is not is unable to balance that and direct it with, with, with the Seichel. That's the gullus of Paras Amade. Um, the body, though, is is something which is extremely needy. Um, let's go on. Um, no, we just did this. Oh, Ach-shvesh. So the, the, the Ma'arab points out parenthetically, even though Haman knew how to get Achashverosh to sign and stamp the death sentence for the Jews by plying him with money, ooh, money Achashverosh is, you know, filling his needs, Achashverosh hands the money back, he says, Haman, you take the money back and do what you want with the, with the Jews. So it says the Ma'arab parenthetically, not the Pshat, that he didn't really want the money, he was salivating over the money, but he was a king and he had a, some semblance of knowing the pro- protocol that's not nice to, you know, the sentence the Jews to death for 10,000, Kikar Kasef, it's not, you know, he understands that even he has to be, has to have some limits. He has to draw his line somewhere. Um, he has to make it look like, no, you know, he's signing just a death sentence, a death order against the Jews, but not that he allowed the Jews to be bought, you know, the, 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 the Jewish lives to be uh, purchased. Um, it doesn't look good. He took the money but gave it back. He took the money, he, was, he got that, that, that thrill and that gratification of taking the money, but he gave it back 
knowing that you know it's not going to look good. So his his you know fear of public opinion was the only thing that could push out of the way his love for money, his bareness. Uh, he took it to get that like thrilled to get that satisfaction, and then he gives gives it back. Yes. Aren't too intertwined, though? Too intertwined, yeah. But a lot of times, you know, we have physical things that, um, yeah, they are intertwined, and, and, and we experience this as well. You know, which one is going to be stronger? What, what, you know, embarrassment or you know, well, what's going to win sometimes? Embarrassment or my love of Chinese food? On the one hand, I love Chinese food, so I should go back and fill my plate up again from the buffet table. On the other hand, everyone's going to look at me and say, "What? You're here for the sixth time? So what's going to win?" Right? Embarrassment or my love of Chinese no, food? I, I'm sorry, maybe I asked it wrong. I meant intertwined the fact that his love of money, part of that love is for, for, for people to see how much money he has. Oh, uh, to display his wealth. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So he had to overcome that as well due to his own knowledge of protocol. Yeah, correct. Yeah, meaning Zach. Okay, Kvar Biyanu Bimkami, Minyan Zek, the bottom line is, with the second empire, and by extension the second exile, is what Shehoyachofetz v'reitzel wants to gobble everything up, wants to consume everything, is, has his physical need to make everything part of it, like the bear that's always roaming and looking for food. Okay, that brings us to the third one, and that's the Hanukkah one, that's Yavan, that's the what the Greek empire stands for, Chayshech, the third component of the man, of the person, what do they stand for? What's the significance of that? That we will do tomorrow, Rabbi Sai. Okay? Continue with that one tomorrow. Isn't it good that uh, they... they I want to have a wonderful today of a Freilich and Hanukkah.